I'm not going to ask you, but I hope many of you have uh, stayed in touch, texted your pastor while you're here, and uh, write your pastor, tell him you love him, you're praying for him. And it means a lot to pastors to know that, that you're staying connected to them, and, and they realize that God's using you while uh, you're here, but I know that they love you and they're praying for you. Uh, I, I, a lot of people ask, I was here for 12 years. I love West Coast Baptist College. I encourage our folks that we haven't had uh, many that have been able to come out this way, but I'm gonna continue to promote the college. I believe in what's going on here. Uh, I, I love West Coast students. I, I really do. I know that sounds odd when I was here. I used to love to just go into the dorms and just sit and talk with students, uh, go to the dining halls and just, just talk with students try to be a blessing to them, listen to them. And, um, you know, I, what I, I, I miss the classes, but just like you, I, I, I don't miss the projects. And uh, oftentimes they piled up in our offices, but they were a needful part of your training and a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Well, this morning, out of all the things that God led me to um, preach on, it uh, actually is something that I believe is applicable for every one of you. And uh, so here in, in Exodus chapter number eight, beginning in verse number eight, the Bible says, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses, that they may remain in the river only? And he said, tomorrow, tomorrow. At exactly 8.02 a.m. on May the 8th, 1902, almost 30,000 people died instantly in what many consider one of history's worst natural disasters. The immediate cause of their deaths was the violent volcanic eruption of Mount Pele on the French island of Martinique. It hurled millions of tons of rock, boiling lava, and superheated air into the town of Saint-Pierre. The immediate cause of their deaths was the volcanic eruption. The indirect cause of their deaths was the despicable record of human stupidity, greed, and political opportunism. The volcano first began misbehaving a full week before the final disaster when a Gigantic rock and mudslide killed several hundreds at a factory just outside of town. No one in authority made an effort to evacuate the town. In our text this morning, we're going to look at the danger of delay, procrastination, See, some things students can wait, but some things cannot. 
And you know this story. We won't go through, for sake of time, all of the plagues that God brought on the land of Egypt. But we're going to look at one in sp specifically today. And I want you to think about the tragedy of life. Somebody said the tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. The story this morning, the second of the plagues, the plague of frogs, I believe is a great representative of the, the duel that took place between Jehovah God and the false gods of Egypt. This particular plague was a direct attack on the god Hecate, who was the frog-headed goddess. And in the culture, they believed that she breathed life from her nostril into the created humans by her husband, who was the god Canum. And she would do this as he created them from the dust. Now the plague clearly was designed to show Egypt that Jehovah alone was God. The Bible says the Lord God, not Hecat, not Canom, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he, man, became a living soul. You see, in the middle of these plagues sat a man that many of us know by the name Pharaoh. Time and time, this was the man that could have delivered the, been delivered from the plagues that Jehovah brought upon him and his land and all them that were there with him. But instead, he said, tomorrow. Instead, he wanted one more night with the frogs. Years ago, a man by the name of Johnny Flanagan wrote the following lyrics. One more night with them stinking frogs. One more night in sin. I had a terrible time again last night, but I just got to do it again. You see, if you, like those in Egypt, had frogs in your bed and frogs in your soup, and frogs everywhere you went, I believe that you would do everything in your power to rid your life of these frogs, and you would do it like yesterday, not tomorrow. But unlike you and I, so many, like Pharaoh, want to, as the Bible says, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We know that there are things in our lives that need to be dealt with, but our response many times, instead of getting them out of our lives, is perhaps give it another day, maybe one more day of procrastination. My own children, I have four daughters, all graduates of West Coast Baptist College. All of them always said, Dad, I work better under pressure. Put it off. Why do it today? Tomorrow we'll be here. 
And yet the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 4, give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Proverbs 27, 1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, James said to him, it is sin. Yes, students, to put off what you should take care of today, to procrastinate, is a sin. You see, Pharaoh said one more night, there is a danger in delay. And as we look at this story this morning, I want you to understand that there is even a greater danger to put off in spiritual matters. It all begins, notice, with a tragic disaster. In Exodus 8, verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all the borders with frogs and the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thine bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens. How would you like to go to lunch today and have some frog? Maybe frog legs. Amen. It says, and into thy kneading troughs, and the frogs shall come up both on thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, and say unto Aaron, stretch forth thine hand with, with thy rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. See, it begins with a tragic disaster. You see, this was a disgusting disaster. There were frogs everywhere. There were, everywhere you went, you, you couldn't walk without stepping on these frogs. It was a disturbing disaster. I mean, these frogs were considered by the Egyptians to be sacred. Therefore, they would not kill these frogs. It was a devastating disaster. It was, there was no one beyond the reach underneath the Pharaoh's realm that these frogs were everywhere. It was a defiling disaster because even the temple where they would go to worship their false gods, these frogs defiled the temple. They could not even go and worship their gods. And clearly it was a descriptive disaster because it afflicted everyone. And that's the way sin is. Sin touches everyone, every life. There's no exceptions. Proverbs 29, who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. The Bible says in 1 John 5, verse 19, the whole world lieth in wickedness. It is true. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay, more than you can pay. 
years ago, a farm boy. He accidentally overturned his wagon load of corn in the road. The farmer who lived nearby saw what happened and he came over to investigate and he said to this farm boy, he said, hey, Willis, forget your troubles. He says, why don't you just forget your troubles for a spell? Come on in, have some dinner with us. Afterwards, he says, I'll come out here and I'll help you get your wagon together and get it up. And Willis said, well, that's mighty nice of you. He said, I I don't really think my Paul would like me to. And the farmer insisted. He said, oh, come on, son. He said, "Uh, just come and enjoy a meal and then we'll take care of it. And the boy finally agreed. He says, "Uh, okay. He says, but I don't think Paul is going to like it. After they had a nice hearty meal, Willis thanked his host. And he looked at him. He said, I feel a whole lot better now. And he said, I, I just know Paul is going to be real upset. And his neighbor said, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. I don't think your dad's going to be upset. He said, by the way, where is your Paul? And he said, he's under the wagon. <laughs> you see, there is a tragic disaster as we put things off. And that tragic disaster leads to a tragic decision. Look again in verse number eight, because in verse number eight, we see there was an understandable desire. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And and he says, look, I I want these frogs gone. I don't want these frogs here. I see an understandable desire, but there was also an unwanted dilemma. We're talking about Pharaoh. We're talking about an ungodly man, a heathen, a pagan. You see, for him to call on God would be for him to admit his own helplessness. And then Pharaoh makes an unwise decision. And what was that decision? Tomorrow. Hey, just give me one more night. I just want to put it off. And we see here then an unerring depiction because Pharaoh, like so many, is a picture of a lost sinner. You see, those in sin must acknowledge that God alone, Jehovah, is their only hope. You see, their delay, they delay the, their coming to the Lord, and oftentimes they make up a variety of excuses. And if you've been out soul winning and talking to people about the Lord, people will delay uh, getting saved. They will, they will have every attempt to try to justify their indecision. They will say things like this, well, listen, I, I believe I'm a good person. I tried that lie for 20 years. They will say, uh, listen, that, uh, if I do that, it's, uh, I'm going to have to give up too much. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm not interested in that because I know a lot of people that say they're Christians, but you know what they really are? They're just a bunch of hypocrites. And sometimes the one I hear more often than none is, is I have plenty of time for that. 
You know, I'll take care of that maybe after I've got a few things to take care of in my life, after I've got my career going, after I've established a family, after I have some money in the bank. You see a true story uh, many years ago, an incident from the American Revolution actually illustrates what tragedy can result from procrastination. It was reported that Colonel Rawl, the commander of the British troops that were located at that time in Trent, New Jersey, one evening he was playing cards with uh, some of the other soldiers and a courier came in, brought him an urgent, an urgent message. He knew it. When he was handed the message, this is urgent. And the message stated that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware River. Well, he was playing cards. So he put the message, the urgent message, in his pocket. He didn't bother to read until the game was finished. And then realizing at that time the seriousness of the situation, he hurriedly tried to rally his men as he were trying to meet this coming attack, but his procrastination in this instance was his undoing. He and many of his men, their lives were ended. The rest of his regiment was completely captured. They say that the letter... The urgent letter that was handed to him during that card game was later found unopened in Colonel Rawls' pocket after his death. Nobert Qual said this, only a few minutes delay cost him his life, his honor, and the liberty of his soldiers. Earth's history is strewn with the wrecks of half-finished plans and unexecuted resolutions. See, tomorrow, students, what is it? It's an excuse of the lazy and of the incompetent. Pharaoh was there. The frogs were everywhere. And we see a tragic disaster, the frogs afflicting everyone led to a tragic decision to put it off till tomorrow, which then we see led to a tragic development. You see, because of his refusal to comply with the command of God, we see that he and his people were required to spend just one more night with the frogs. I see the reason of this Development. You know what it was, students? It was his own words that decided his fate. Understand that what life is, is it's a series of decisions. You say, well, I, I'm here in chapel. Did you decide to come to chapel this morning? Or were you made to come to chapel this morning? You see, you're preparing your life. And what you're doing now will determine what you do after graduation. 
And I see not only the reason of this development because he said, hey, listen, I understand, but tomorrow I'll deal with that. I also see the reach of this decision, that Pharaoh's decision, and students, listen this morning, your decisions not only affect you, but they affect those around you, those in your life. His decision affected more than just himself. I see this as the Bible illustrates in the life and times of Joshua. The Bible records in Joshua 7, verse 24, and Joshua and all Israel with, with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold. Remember how they were told not to take of the spoils. And yet Achan could not resist. He laid his hands on those things. And by the way, he knew it because he took them and he hid them. And the Bible says that Joshua and all Israel took Achan, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor and Joshua said, why? Hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. You see, students, the reach of this development, this matter of procrastination, it not only affects you, but every person you see, every person, every family in Egypt was affected by the decision of one man. I also see the relevance of this development because the consequences of Pharaoh's decision, I believe, teach us a very valuable lesson about the dangers of delay, especially in the matter of spiritual things because students the dividends on sin are always paid. The dividends on sin are always paid. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You see, the dividends on sin are always paid. But I also see here that the damage of sin is always pronounced. Sin leaves things in its path. And as we look at 2 Samuel 12 and verse 9, we see the damage of sin, the pronouncement, the, the overall aspect. The Bible says there, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do this evil in his sight? And this is talking about David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, what did he do? Well, the Bible says, thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. And has, the Bible says, and has slain with the sword the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword, listen to this, shall never depart 
from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son, for thou didst it secretly, but I will do this before all Israel and before the son. You see, clearly the damage of sin in David's life was pronounced. But I also see that the dangers of sin are always profound. The dangers of sin are profound. Why? Because many, listen to me, students, many of us put off, we procrastinate in the area of salvation. Some of you sitting right here, under the sound of my voice, sat through this leadership conference, grew up in a Christian home, have heard the gospel again and again and again, and you're not saved. You say, but I'm in Bible college. If you're not saved, today is the day of salvation. I'm going to tell you something. There's a student body and a faculty and a pastor of this church that would rejoice with you. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation. These things have I given unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. The greatest decision I ever made, I was born into a Catholic home, raised by Catholic parents, taught the catechisms, was an altar boy, very religious. I had it all up here but I had nothing here until I heard. And finally, at the age of 20, realized, for by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. See, that's what I grew up in. I wasn't good enough. Students, listen, if you're here today and you're not saved, you need to humble yourself. Come to God. Don't procrastinate. The Bible says in John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. You see, your fate is already settled. What do you have to do to go to hell? Be born, live, and die. You must be born again. If you're here today and you're not saved, I'm begging you and pleading with you. 
put your faith in Christ today. You see, some procrastinate when it comes to salvation. Some procrastinate when it comes to school. I'm not here to get on you. All of you know, do you guys still do syllabi? You were given a syllabus for all your classes with due dates, required reading. How much have you done? You know, when you get out in ministry, you ever heard this saying, Sunday's always coming? You're not going to have a teacher, but you are going to have the Holy Spirit. You see, everything you're doing here is preparing you. But oftentimes, the projects, the quizzes, the dreaded midterms, all those things are coming. And the Bible tells us that if we understand the Scriptures, the Bible says, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Four years go by very quickly. Some of you probably are thinking, I'm never going to make it to graduation. And you're going to blink your eyes and you're going to be walking across this platform and turning your tassel and shaking Dr. Getch and Dr. Rasmussen and Pastor Chapel's hand. Time goes by. And I will say that if you are going to procrastinate here in school, you're probably going to procrastinate in ministry. Because what gets scheduled gets done. You see, some procrastinate in salvation. Some procrastinate in school. Some procrastinate in spousal. I.e., he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Now that was pitiful. Yeah, some of you just woke up. I was talking to one of the students. He graciously gave me a ride back up from the airport. And I told him, I said, I asked him if he was dating. And I know there's some faculty here that like to play Cupid, you know, like to match make. And by the way, their heart's in the right place. But... Um, I asked him, I said, are you dating anybody? And we talked for a while. And I, I, I began to tell him, I said, listen, I, I know I'm older. Been happily married for 37 years. I told him, I said, I've been gone from here for a while. I said, I could walk around this campus for a day or two. And I said, I may not know their names, but I said, I could point out in a day or two, just from watching, 10, 12 or more, young ladies, that I could say to him, that's a godly woman. She's walking with the Lord. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. 
You don't have to get married, whatever God's will is for your life. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad God gave me a help meet. And I saw the entire time I was here, guys get to their senior year, and all of a sudden, the light bulb goes on. I'm about to graduate. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so lonely. The Bible says to show yourself friendly. You know, some of these young ladies, they won't bite you. Talk to them. Life is good. Married life is good. Having children is good. The blessings of life. But some procrastinate. It is not good. You guys know it. You just won't admit it. It's not good that man should be alone. You, you can't even, your dorm room right now, I don't even want to go in there and look at it. I've been in there. I've seen the science projects in your dorm room. And you're not taking science. You know the word procrastination is a word you don't find in the Bible. You don't find the word trinity. You don't find the word rapture. But the principle is there. You see that song that he wrote years ago? Over in the book of Moses, the strangest thing I found about this man named Pharaoh, he brought, brought plagues all over town. He was very hard and he disobeyed the things that God had said. So the Lord sent fleas flies and frogs, and turned the water to a bloody red. Moses said to Pharaoh, won't you let my people go? And Pharaoh said, Moses, you know that ain't, won't be so. Won't you come back in the morning, take a journey with you one and all, but today I just can't give them up. I want one more night with the frogs, one more night with them stinking frogs, one more night in sin. I had a terrible time with him last night, but I just got to do it again. This will always be a puzzle to me, and I reckon it's all because he could have had sleep, rest, and peace, but he chose one more night with the frogs. Now, we find a whole lot of people here like those in Egypt's land who go staggering, slipping, and sliding, doing all that they can to stand, holding on to some little old sin that don't matter to a thing at all. Guess they're just going to give it up tomorrow because they want one more night with the frogs. A tragic disaster led to a tragic decision that led to a tragic development. Somebody said, procrastination is my sin. It brings me naught but sorrow. I know that I should stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. Students, would you bow your heads with me? What is it that you're putting off? Some of you may need to be saved today. And listen, I'm going to tell you, students, 
Would you come to Christ? Be the greatest decision you ever made. Some of you need to make up your mind that you're going to develop a pattern of good works. God would get the glory out of it. What a wonderful opportunity you have. But what are you putting off in your school and your studies? What kind of habits have you developed? Some of you are procrastinating when it comes to the future for you, ministry, marriage. Some of you just need to say, Lord, lead me, direct me, guide me, give me wisdom, and pray about that. But what are you putting off that you need to do today? See, procrastination is a sin because it misses the mark of God's best for you. Do you want to please God? Or do you want to just spend one more night with the frogs? Dr. Getch, you come.